Hi, it's uh, editor Alex here. Just before we start the podcast, um, just it occurred to me as as I was editing the video that that Willie's end is the audio and video a bit out of sync. the The audio is still it still seems to be in sync with my end of whatever questions I've asked him. Um, it just hopefully doesn't ruin the experience of the episode too much. Uh, we do use something called Squadcast uh, uh, for the podcast. the The first four videos I've done with other people have, have been absolutely fine. Um, but unfortunately, I think I think Willie was using a mobile phone to record the his end of the video, and I don't think it quite liked. Um, I don't think quite liked it. Basically, all the audio is intact. Um, I've wa- I've watched th- watched it through and made sure that everything that we're saying it makes sense. Just that in some places the video is a bit out of sync. So Squadcast has this cloud recording and this local recording. The local recordings are in really high quality, and the audio is all nice. Uh, the cloud recordings are the are the server recording the video as you're doing it. I've been through both versions and the audio on his end is still still not great. Hopefully that won't ruin the episode too much, um, but I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Creator Spotlight from The Interface. Creator Spotlight is a brand new series where we talk to creators about what they make and do and how they got started. Today I'm joined by Willie Howe. Willie has a YouTube channel which covers everything network related from Ubiquity to PFSense and everything in between. So welcome Willie. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on the show. That's all right, no problem. So, for not, for people that don't know much about you, um, so you've got a YouTube channel that covers um, it. Well, when it got started, it covered a lot of ubiquity, a lot of ubiquity stuff, and obviously, it still is, um, still is. So, what was the main? Where, where was the main idea come from for the for the channel? So, I think it was, you know, back in two thousand fifteen, maybe maybe a little earlier than that. I have to go back and check, but um, I'd started using a lot of ubiquity products. And uh, one thing that I found was that the help that was on the community sometimes wasn't that helpful. And so I thought, uh, you know what, why don't I just record, you know, videos of how to set this stuff up and then put it out there. And um, my very first videos, which I still get comments on, uh, the computer I started with was like an i3 with like four gigs of RAM and a spinning disk. I mean, it was a, you know, I was doing... uh, you know, basically writing papers on it, watching a couple of YouTube videos and things like that. So I didn't really have a lot of processing power at the time or video editing capability. And depending on who you ask, my edits still aren't that great, but (laughs) I, um, I just, I started with no sound. It was me and a notepad. And in the the notepad, I would type, you know, exactly what I was saying. And uh, you can go back and look at the comments. Like uh, somebody, I, I think I left the comment up there. One of them, you know, they're like, what are you stupid? Like, you can't, you can't talk. Like I troubleshot <laughs> my computer for like, you know, an hour and then find out there's no audio. So I, one of these days it's on my list to go back and redo those first few videos. But, um, yeah, that's, and it kind of just grew from there, right? People would request videos yeah. and, um, then I started getting emails, you know, people were like, Hey, do you do consulting? And then I had a couple other YouTubers reach out and be like, you should really do consulting and da da And it just, it really took on a life of its own. It was nothing really that I ever planned to do. There is no, mm. um, I have other small businesses in my area, you know, cause I do consulting besides the YouTube and besides my regular gig. Sure. And, you know, they're like, what's your business plan look like? And I'm like, I didn't have a business plan. This thing just <laughs> kind of snowballed and took on a life of its own. So, um, yeah. And we do everything from ubiquity to, uh, you know, Windows stuff, Synology, PF sense, open sense, um, TP link, name a vendor. 
and you know if it's network related security related um, we probably touch it yeah definitely i had um last week i had chris uh from crosstalk solutions on the show and the way it got started is very very similar it's sort of i think chris said he um got made redundant um and had to start the youtube channel well it was one of the ideas he had as well as doing other bits and it sort of snowballed from there so it's sounds like the guests i've had on so far that are very similar uh similar background it it seems like a very similar way it got started which is which is interesting so and and it is interesting right if you think about so obviously um the other three guests um i know all three of your you know previous guests they're in a little bit of a different situation than i am right now you know my consulting in youtube is not my my full-time gig. I did a video um, uh, back in 2016, 2017, about how to block ads with an edge router, and that caused my channel to oh, get yeah. demonetized. And I've uh, I've gone back several times. And at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to bother with it because I'd rather not have the monetization and keep the channel growing than do something to get my entire channel taken down. Right? So, sure. But uh, you know, definitely, yeah. Those guys. That's their their main. Uh, kind of bread and butter and um, I'm not there yet so but uh, if you would have told me that um, in 2016 2017 that people could start a YouTube channel and uh, create a career out of it I would have I would have told you you were crazy you know but there's a lot of people that are doing it and um, I think that uh, especially the four creators you know myself and and Chris and Cody and Tom you know I think we fill a, a, a a pretty good niche you know and uh i see more and more people and it's it's a tough gig uh i've seen a lot of creators come and go you know they come and they don't get famous overnight and they give up you know um uh and it's you know all about trying to figure out the algorithm and how it works and how it affects you and um i'm a little over i think seventy six thousand subscribers at this point and you know uh we've got steady steady growth and uh I've got some good stuff planned for next year, so we just got to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, YouTube stuff's interesting. So, uh, apart from the interface, I also work at Hostify, right? And I've been doing a, a YouTube videos there, and it's a, it's it's quite a learning experience. <laughs> um, just getting just some of the early stuff I did was just a screen recording and um, just my face in the corner. I now start to get lighting and different things. So, it's sort of learning how it how it works and improving the quality of stuff you're making. So, sure. Yeah. yeah, and you'll find out pretty soon that you got to have thick skin. Well, you had a blog before, right? So you kind of probably know that. But um, you know, once you've got, once you're out there on YouTube and you start gaining a following, like um, people feel like they know you. They'll say all kinds of crazy things to you, um, and uh, yeah. just yeah, just grow a little thick skin. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. So the. Um... This podcast comes from the interface, which is my my blog. I've been running for about ten years, um, so we've I've only just started doing the doing the podcast in June. So I sort of have a few bit of a bit of a break. So um, it's all about talking to creators who who make make interesting things on on the internet, basically. So yeah, um, so I remember the you touched on the video. I remember you publishing that video with the ad blocker stuff. So if you're, I'm not I'm not too familiar how the monetization on YouTube works. Is that is your channel now completely out of the question? YouTube just says no, no monetization, or is that? Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it works. So um, unless I right, have okay. some sort of a copyright claim, so if I've used music in videos or things like that where somebody's done a copyright claim, you'll definitely see ads on those videos. But I don't, 
you know, that revenue goes back to whoever owns the copyright. Right. So yeah, it's so, I guess it's not much of a problem for you. So that's, that's okay. Yeah. I'd rather just leave it alone and keep the channel growing, but I can tell you based on looking at statistics and, and other things that not being monetized absolutely does affect the growth of your channel. I noticed, yeah. So I just want to touch on that. I don't know if it's okay to bring up. I noticed some of the old when I when I used, well when I started watching your channel a little while ago, well probably about five five six years ago. Um, I noticed a lot of the videos had quite high views on them. I noticed some of the more recent stuff it it hasn't quite. Is that is that a direct impact of the monetization? Do you think or? Uh, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's that's got something to do with it, but I think consistency. You know. Um, I get busy and I don't always get, you know, videos out on a consistent schedule. So uh, I think there's quite a bit that goes into making sure that that algorithm is happy. Um, If you look at some other channels, like if you look at Tom, when Tom really put his foot down on the accelerator um, and was publishing a video, like it seemed like every day, maybe every other day, uh, his growth just exploded. And uh, there's another creator uh, out there who, did the same thing. And, and basically I think he does YouTube, uh, full time now, but, uh, yeah, definitely there are things that you have to do to keep, keep the algorithm happy. Right. So. Yeah. It's, it's not something I've had to, the stuff I publish is not something I've had to sort of deal with yet. So (laughs) it's interesting to see how, what different perspectives we have. So, okay. The, the main topic of discussion will probably be ubiquity today. Um, so, uh, so when when you started the YouTube channel, was the first was the first topic ubiquity? Was that the first thing that got you going? Or, uh, well, if you go back and you look at some of the videos, there are some videos where I was tinkering around with you know virtualization and stuff like that, and uh, you know I kind of I kind of knew that YouTube was gonna be something you know i was out there looking for things other people were out there looking for things um but when i really started to solidify what i was going to do with the channel yeah it was that ubiquity it was hey i can provide this help and uh, we can have one spot where people can uh, go and if you look at some of my content i get into uh, into the weeds a little bit more with the ubiquity stuff than some of the other creators do and so that's kind of my bread and butter. It's uh, not uncommon for other creators to refer people to me um, once the configuration starts to get a little complicated. Yeah, def- definitely. I mean, most if there's a new product release, most people just cover the the new features or the overview, and then but it's there's very little with a lot of things in IT. There's very little coverage of really in depth in depth configuration. Right. Um, it's it's something that's it's good to good to have out there really so definitely yeah the um the ubiquity stuff it's I, I discussed this with chris the the explosion of interest is has gone up immensely recently i, I remember when i i first got into ubiquity seven years ago when i used to work at a wisp and the 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 general knowledge of the company wasn't that large like it, the the few people that worked there with me we, we knew about the company but there wasn't really a mass interest in it like there is now it's just over the years it's just i don't know where it's come from it's just a massive interest in high quality and like net- enterprise networking for your house and and all the other stuff they've launched since then so yeah it's, it's definitely you're right it's it's interesting so how i actually 
started using them was I needed a um, I needed a link, a uh, wireless link, point to point that was through a bunch of trees, like literally through trees. Yep. And uh, I found their 900 megahertz uh, product, yep. configured it, and I was delivering you know literally to this last mile situation through trees, literally a radio sitting behind a tree, shooting through trees. Yep. And getting like, if you go back and look at that video, I think it's like, it's like 10, 10 megs or something like that. But, uh, that was kind of, you know, we, we, we did that and then I'm like, oh, they make access points. And then they came out with the edge routers. And, um, I think they're, and, and, you know, people always give them a hard time, right. For starting a product and then dropping. But when you're as agile as they are for as big as they are. And there's other companies in that niche, uh, as well. Um, but, uh, they seem to, to do that, right? Like put something out. Okay. This isn't going to work. Drop it. Uh, for example, if you're looking at the, um, the access control stuff, you know, the little module that you mount outside, uh, that is a front row camera, you know? And I don't know if you remember when the front row cameras were out, you know, it was I the did. necklace, yeah, yeah, the Go GoPro competitor. I don't think they were ever serious about being a Go GoPro competitor, right? I think they put that mm. product out. They wanted to get it out there into people's hands, and they wanted to battle test it and see what kind of problems they were going to have, see how it was going to act in different environments. Um, and then once they had that information, then they took it and they, you know, basically made this outdoor, you know, um, access control module. Um you know, and, and, uh, you know, of course, MFI, uh, I know people that are still running MFI products and I've, I'm like, look, like the last version of that software has got a bad version of drop bear. Like you can't have this in a network where you have to have any type of security, you know, but, uh, yeah. now we've got connect, which is, you know, where they kind of pick up the pieces and are trying to reinvent that wheel. So, uh, Definitely. and they, you know, whether a product is going to survive or not, I, you know, like talk, they tried unify talk before. Um, and it kind of went, yeah, it kind of went, kind of went a little, you know, dark for a little while and then came back. Can it compete against, you know, uh, grand stream? Can it compete against free PBX? I think in the right situation, sure it can, but if that becomes a project that they decide to get rid of, then what happens? Right. So, um, yeah. We don't always, you know, use all of their products. I do have some people that are using Talk, but it's a very small amount of devices. Um, I have a customer who actually worked directly with Ubiquity, and I think he's got 40 or 45 phones at a hotel campus. Um, to be honest with you, I was like, I was stunned actually when he told me that because I was like, I, I don't know that I would have done that, you know, and um, mm. only only time will tell. I will, I will tell you that uh, back in 2019, I had a, um, a conversation with somebody who was one of Ubiquity's first distributors. And uh, I said, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're listening to their customers. And he goes, well, you got to put it in perspective and see where they're going. And they don't have a public roadmap. And this is as close as I can, can get to it. So I still refer to this conversation all the time. Uh, and this person to yeah. me is, is very reliable. And he said, um, you know, the goal of this whole unified platform is that a mom and pop, you know, uh, cafe, bakery, they can uh, order all of this gear and install this without having an IT person or without having to know anything about IT, right? He's like, 
phones, cameras, you know, Wi-Fi, the whole bit. And if you look at the direction they're going, they, they're, they're getting close to that. Um, you know, you still have to understand networking. You still have to understand things like that to make things work properly. Um, like one of the features that I would like them to disable, and, and I want to know how you feel about this, but in, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the UDMs, uh, now they have this auto grow VLAN, right? Where if your VLAN starts running out of IP addresses, it'll automatically switch the subnet mask and, and do all that business. I've asked yep. them to turn that off by default instead of on by default, because if you're setting this up in a small business and you've got, uh, servers that have static IPs, you know, devices that are all static. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you start messing with the subnet mask. You could have uh, some crazy unintended consequences. Yeah. So if someone's the thing I think about, if someone's new, someone's got some experience with networking, understands how everything works. And then they come to Unify and that's on by default. That's not going to give them really a good impression. They just say, Oh, that's rubbish yeah. or whatever. So I've had, I've had people do that before. I've had, We've been at the Whisper used to work out. We've had some Ubiquiti stuff in, and there's some guys there that that are real experts in in networking. And the Ubiquiti stuff done something weird, and so oh, it's rubbish. We'll get rid of that. And it's just a bit. When that hap- I wonder how much that happens. So, so back in 2018, I had a customer, and they're a real estate title company, and uh, yeah. we're not talking like houses. We're talking like islands. And so uh, they're doing titles for very large contracts and stuff like that. Well, they got hooked up with Berkshire Hathaway, and they had to do a point-to-point VPN between Berkshire Hathaway and their office. Now, I had worked with the administrator of this system for like 20, 25 hours, tuning all the firewall rules, you know, so people couldn't get certain places. I still have the email I have. And this was was at that time, and I don't know if if they reversed course or not, but I had – an email from one of the IT people at Berkshire Hathaway saying, if you're going to have a site-to-site VPN with us, you have to go to Palo Alto because Ubiquity doesn't meet our security standards, right? So um, that, like I said, I think that was like 2018. Now, that could have been resolved. I don't know. Um, There is something to be said when you need high assurance, you know, for being able to pick up the phone and and talk to people. so it's it's interesting, and I, I I get emails all the time like, hey, I'm a Cisco guy. Hey, I'm a Juniper guy. Um, I can do this on Cisco and Juniper, but this Ubiquity thing, I, I don't know why they do it the way they do it. You know, another example of that yeah. is that um, – and, and so this is like – I think this is peering into that objective of uh, Ubiquity trying to make it so that people don't need – uh, necessarily to, to, you know, get somebody with some IT skills to set this stuff up. And that's, you know, when you create a VLAN, whether it um, has an interface on a UDM or a USG or whether it's just a VLAN only, um, it propagates that as tagged um, to all switch ports, to all unified switch ports. And that's typically from yep. a security standpoint, that's typically not what we're trying to achieve, right? We want a finer grain control yep. over those things. And so some of those things that they're doing to make it easier for people, I think they get a bad rap um, from people who've been in the industry a while because they do those things. And um, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how they overcome that besides actually give us a public roadmap and give us a statement, um, an official statement saying this is why we do it. 
yeah, that would be would be quite helpful. That's, that's that's what I always assumed that was the goal. Like make it make it more simple for people to use. But it's interesting that that is actually what it is, and it makes a lot of sense that why they do things the way they do it. Like you mentioned VLANs, like the if someone the way you add a VLAN on Unify, if you know how to use VLANs on other other switches and things that and edge routers as well edge switches the whole process on unify is completely backward um i mean when i was learning how to do it i had to go and watch a video i think it was from chris actually on how to actually do it in, in unify it's just like oh well okay that's yeah weird um but once you know once you know it once you know it, it's it's fine but and i actually find it i find it simpler because uh you know, they always say, ask a lazy person to do something because they'll figure out the shortest way, you know, to do it. Um, and so, like, if you're just looking to create a bunch of VLANs and get it done, that 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 does it, right? But then it leaves the security stuff yeah. on the on the other side. Um, whereas with an edge switch, you add the VLAN and it's like, okay, what now? And, you know, you have to go in manually tag or untag or, you know. So, yeah, I see them definitely... Um, they are definitely heading towards that. Now, how close they are, I don't know. Um, I don't have any insight into the into the company, into the roadmap any more than, than anyone else that you've talked to. But um, you know, every yep. time they do a big a big update, they are closer and closer to that. I know. They I think the last, I can't remember what I think it was seven point three, I think, for Unify. The amount of stuff in there now is just I can't exactly remember what this stuff they added, but there's a lot of stuff in there which Oh great, that's what we've been asking for. That's what we've been asking for. It's it's getting closer and closer, as yep. you said. Yeah. Yeah, the and other products like the I've been playing with the UDR, uh, the little um yeah. this one. And it, that's the price point, that's perfect for what the example you said. But in playing with it and it's it you can see how limited it is, but that's someone who's not so used to the Unify stuff, isn't going to see how limited that is. They're just going to see, oh, okay, that's quite cool. It's got Peary on it. It's got a little screen. But it is, when you're used to other Unify stuff, it is quite slow. It's quite limited. But well, when you think yeah. about, you know, uh, so all of the comments that I get on my videos, are like people are like, oh, I got a gigabit internet connection and it can't do this. Like the people that are being the most vocal, I think about, especially like the, the UDR, the Unify Dream Router, the people that are being the most vocal about uh, some of the... Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. I think there are less of those users. They're just louder, right? So, like a, a normal user that wants that all-in-one device, and they've got a hundred meg internet connection, or three hundred, or maybe even a gigabit, right? But they're, you know, they're not the the type of user that's studying exactly how much throughput they've got. You know, they're buying this device because it fills their needs, um, and they're not worried about all that, you know, the extra stuff. No, and also I think what people fail to understand is that not everyone has a gigabit if right. just because you do. <laughs> yeah, like I've I live in the countryside. We've only just got. Well, I think last year we had um, upgraded from quite slow ADSL internet to the Wisp um, before I left, and it's it's only fifty yep. meg, fifty meg, but it's it's like night and day compared to other stuff, and that's why everyone right. else is on. So, um, and the the equipment equipment that's out there is is more than capable of yeah. doing that. So. And you know, ubiquity, so, yeah. you can definitely um see a little bit of that Apple influence. You know, the uh, you know Robert, you know, Para came from Apple. And you can see it in the yep. aesthetics and they are good looking devices. The packaging, you know, I know people go back and forth on the packaging because you'll get a device and it'll have a really nice package. 
and then you get the next one and it's a cardboard box, you know, like, and, and so, but you can definitely see that, that Apple influence. And I, I do think they're on that, that same path. Um, I do think eventually they're going to get there right where it, it just works. But I, I, I still think they're a few years off from that. And I think that other vendors, um, have seen this and, you know, TP link and, uh, ingenious grand stream, um, they've all seen this and they're, they're on that same path. The thing is ubiquity has got a a head start on them, right? A couple of years. So, um, I see the competition getting more fierce, but I think they're far enough ahead that they're, they're probably going to be okay. You know, unless they do something just crazy. Yeah. Um, they're still going to attract new users. Yeah, they seem to have recovered from that. I think it was, I think it was January twenty twenty or January twenty twenty one. That, I think it was that. Um, I can't remember what you called it. This that wasn't a hack or anything. It was just the in, uh, like a oh the uh, it was. yeah the insider was breach year. where they had an employee. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, like I think everyone forgot about that. Forgot about that pretty <laughs> much as it, a few months after it happened. So it's I think they've recovered yeah. from that. Um, I don't so know that their stock shows. price has completely rebounded, but. Um, I think people are back to complaining about, uh, you know, the minutia. So I think you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. And also the, the, on the packaging front as well, I noticed that when you buy an AP, that's a single AP, that packaging is perfect and it's all nice and presented. But if you get a five box and it's more, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Like if someone's new to Unify, they'll get one AP to start with and they'll get a nice experience of opening it. If you buy in bulk, they're not really designed for, the design for right. MSPs and stuff. So, right now, um, yeah. it's been a minute since I've had, uh, have since I've purchased a single AP. Are they still sending uh, PoE um, adapters in the single units? And because I know they, yes, okay, so they did stop so. in the multiple, uh, you yeah. know, in the five packs. But interesting. Yeah, yeah I bought a U6 Pro. Uh, a few months ago, and it, yeah, it came with a came with a. Do you have one of the ones so. that'll shock you? No, thankfully, I did check the i I checked the date code as soon as I saw it on the forums a few months a few weeks ago. But no, um, yeah, I've got to okay. check mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. I saw a I saw a video on on Twitter. I think it was, it was somebody putting it on a metal um, mount or something. It was just arcing. It was bizarre, but. Yeah. It happens. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The a lot of the, a lot of the way that I got into Ubiquity to start with is, as I said, from the from the Wisp, and then we we played around with the um, air mm-hmm. fibers when they first came out, and the lot of the nano stations that sort of thing. So it's good. I noticed on the um, financial report that those those products are still doing well. The the uh, UISP stuff and everything's being rebranded. At the moment, but it's good to see that their original roots are still, are still yeah, working. So I think just the uh, I'm not sure who it was. It might have been uh, Evan. May have uh, made a post last week, week before, declaring Ed Max dead. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's dead yet, um, but you can definitely see in UISP the influence from uh, Unify. The one thing that I Yep. wish they would do is I wish they would rewrite Unify under the hood the way that they did UISP, um, get away from Java, get away from uh, MongoDB, uh, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've ever noticed, 
but the alerts on UISP, like when I have a device go down, it's almost instant. And with Unify, depending yeah. on how many sites and how many devices you've got, and it doesn't matter whether you've got it on site, whether it's hosted at Hostify or with Ubiquity or wherever. I mean, I've seen it take 5, 10, 15 minutes to get an alert from Unify. And a lot of times you get the alert, the problem's already resolved or uh, people are upset. So I really wish that they would yep. they would do that. Um, I also wish that they would have like a pro mode on the, the these new UISP devices where we can either um, do configurations that'll commit either through SSH or, you know, a hidden web interface or, or something like that. Because, um, you know, with edge switches, edge routers, um, you can get in there and really tweak the configs. And they've, they've got a lot of really powerful um, options, you know, that you can get to. And you just can't do that with UISP yet. And, you know, the hardware aesthetically, yeah. you know, is great looking hardware. Um, the software is really coming together, yes, but, good. uh, you know, typically, and I might, I don't think I'm alone on this, but typically my use case, when I go to an edge, edge router or, uh, an edge switch is I need to do something that unify can't do, you know? So, uh, you know, right. the new gears kind of hamstrung a little bit, um, where it doesn't have all of those features exposed. Um, in UISP. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out too. Now they, they did say on the forum that edge max is going to stick around, but it'd be, I would really like to know how much active development is going into it. Um, and I know that there's been, mm. uh, calls. If you look at even on their forums, um, uh, you know, people are like, why don't you just sell edge max to a company that'll dump money into it? You know, I think it's got a huge following. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I kind of hold my breath a little bit, you know. Uh, Edge Router Eight, Edge Router Eight Pro, those are already, um, and the I think the five PoE, those devices um, are basically done. They'll get security updates, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I really thought the Edge Router Lite at this point would be on that list, and, and so that surprised me that it wasn't. Um, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on on you know the differences here? So I've done some videos for Hostify on the USP router, and there's some. You can definitely tell it's quite early. I noticed one thing that on the on the USP router that port one is is by default the WAN port, but nowhere on the device does it actually say that that's the case. And you can't actually, if you want to change the the port for what the WAN port's on, you can't change it either. Yeah. So that's a bit odd. Um, the other thing I've noticed is there's no VPN support on the USP router, um, but apart from that. I mean, it's it's definitely okay. I can't. The thing is, I can't see what use case yet it would have. Like, I know, I know, I noticed that. I noticed that the the marketing stuff is all all for wisps and that sort of area. But I can't really see myself. I couldn't see a wisp using the USB router. I don't think right. not just yet. Anyway. Yeah, I think. But the USB switch I, um, definitely. I support so. a lot of small ISPs, and a lot of them are born out of a need right? For this last mile connectivity. Um, and so they'll get a hold of us yep. because they need help fixing their network and, you know, or they want to make sure that they're doing it appropriately. Yeah. Um, I think if they do it right, those types of users, um, they'll do right by those types of users. But I hope that they don't forget those users that got them where they're at. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. 
I think I think going forward, I think the edge router stuff will stick around until until the USB router stuff is 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 fully fully featured. I've got the impression that that the edge router the edge OS line was built by people who knew how to build it at the time, and those people have since gone. Um, and maybe it's that they just that the people that are on the team probably don't know. Again, I, I don't want to offend anyone, but probably don't know quite enough how all the ins and outs. Like it's an old project that, that was going on at the start of Ubiquiti, so it's it's one of those legacy things that that, was, that people know about that have gone. So that makes yeah. sense. Um, and maybe that the the underlying OS on it isn't quite as modern as they want it to be. So I, I think the I think the USB stuff will will be interesting going forward. They've got some they've got some stuff coming up. Um, they've got like power UPS solutions. They've got new switches and things. So it'd be interesting to see what things. They well, and the, the one thing that I'm really excited about is if you look at that UISP video, and this device, I don't even think is available in EA yet. And I think we'll probably have to be careful talking about it. But in that video, they show one of their new yep. uh, radios. It's basically a mesh backhaul Wisp radio. Right. So you can come in and put this on a pole and then create a mesh to other small pops yeah. in the area. Um, I mean, if they do it right, they yeah. could. I mean, because we've been kind of doing it. I've got a, a customer out in Lehigh, um, Lehigh, Utah, and uh, he delivers uh, everything via air fiber um, into a neighborhood. And then he's right. uh, taken the, the micro tick uh, 60 gigahertz. Uh, product and basically made a 360 degree array of those radios and then blankets a, a neighborhood as much as he can with the 60 gigahertz. Um, and it was a custom made mount, you know, yeah. I don't know how many other people were, were doing it. Um, and when we came up with it, I was like, man, this is awesome. And then ubiquity has now kind of, they've kind mm -hmm. of come out with that, that same idea. So I actually can't wait to get my hands on that, that particular piece of gear. Yeah, it's the UISP Wave. I think that's what you're referring to. They got the I can't remember what they called it. It's the UISP Wave, and then the AP. It's like 90 degrees, I think, and you can you can blanket three together and have full coverage of of how many degrees. But that I think that's what that looks quite interesting. the The distance, the distance quotes on some of the 60 gig long range stuff is interesting. So, um, especially in right. the UK with with the rain we have 60 gigahertz doesn't work yeah. quite as well as you how often do you um <laughs> how often do your links that have 60 gigahertz with the five gigahertz failover how often are you failing over to to five five gig from memory when i when i used to work at the wisp it was quite often um but it just depends on what distance you have them if you have them at a, a sensible distance um like two or three four miles uh, then it's fine i've got a link um, at the at my at the where I live at the far, at farm, uh, it's only seven hundred and fifty meters. It's with a gigabeam plus, so the one without five gig failover. Um, and if it's like really heavy rain, the fact you can hear it on the roof, um, it it just mm. it just disconnects. So. That's unfortunate. <laughs> we get a lot of rain here, yeah. <laughs> but for ninety nine percent of the time, it's fine. So they've got quite a lot of new point to multi point products out for Wisps now. They've got the LTU, which was that was really hyped, for what I remember. They previewed it yep. at Whisperpalooza a while ago, and said this is this is going to be our new platform going forward. I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen enough 
development on it. I'm not sure, but yeah, um, and I, I have okay. to wonder if the the new wave and the 60 gigahertz stuff is actually gonna replace that. Hmm. I don't think it will quite replace it, simply because that there are wizards right. that need to do big distances. So we, um, I mean, five gigahertz, you can go up to thirty yeah. kilometers. Yeah, depending on conditions. Yeah. Well, and, so, and saying it, yeah. Yeah. So it That's might a be good point, Alex. Yeah, there might there might just be a complementary product that is less less yeah. developed than the USB stuff. So definitely. Yeah, um, I think that's. I think that's what I got. Unless there's anything else, I, I don't have anything right now. So will you uh, will okay. you edit this and then it'll get edited and then it'll get posted? Yep. So it might be a few days. Sure. Well, uh, files, let me so. let me kind of. Uh, yeah. You have you have like an ending you want us to film here? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you leave. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you for joining me on the. Thank you for joining me on the Creator Spotlight, Willie. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, it's always good to speak to people who make interesting stuff on YouTube and, and other blogs and things. So yeah, um, where can people find you on the social well, media? Well, first, I, I want to thank you for uh, the having me on. This is fantastic, and I know you and I have kind of chatted back and forth, uh, you know, over the last few years. So it's finally yep. good to have a solid conversation and if you uh if you want to uh find me i'm at uh, youtube.com slash willie how that's w-i-l-l-i-e-h-o-w-e uh if you want to reach out because you need okay. consulting or you're bored and you want to yell at me you can go to willie and we've got a contact form or a hire us button on there um, and there's also links to all of our social media at the bottom of the page Fantastic. And you can find the interface at theinterface.uk and the link to this podcast will be in a separate blog post once it goes... Well, <laughs> link, to this, uh, link to this podcast will be in a separate blog post. Um, and yeah, you can find out more about Ubiquity at ui.com. And thank you for joining me. All right. Thanks, Alex. Cheers.